Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere else you can find podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a five-star review, tell your friends to subscribe, and check out the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network as well. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Bulls, like us on Facebook at Locked On Bulls, and if you want to advertise with us or have questions you want us to answer on the show, make sure you email us at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. I'm Sean Hyken of The Athletic. With me is, uh, not as always, but two returning guests, Jared Weiss from CLNS Hey-o. and Celtics Blog, and friend of the show, Nick Friedel of ESPN. We're in a hotel room in Boston after Game 2. Party! Playoff Rondo. Oh, boy. Oh, I miss, I miss Playoff Rondo. It's been it's been a, it's been years since I got to see some playoff Rondo. This was a blast from the past. I felt like I was in college all over again. I haven't had this much fun in a long time. <laughs> I'm still trying to process what we saw, guys. There's so much. It's been we've been talking about this for a few hours now. We're still trying to wrap our heads around it. I mean, this is it's like the, it's. I feel like I'm watching Freaky Friday, where like these two teams have swapped bodies. It's unbelievable. Where's Judge Ryan Hold when you need him? <laughs> the eight seed is playing like the one seed. The one seed is playing like the eight seed. And they're and they've stolen each other's identities. The Bulls are playing with the identity that the Celtics have always kind of like you know carried themselves on. I've watched this team, this Bulls team, all season, and I can tell you two things for certain, guys. They're playing with more confidence than they've had all year. Uh, and they're playing better as a group than I've seen at any other point. And we mentioned it while we left uh, the Garden, but in my opinion, the Bulls aren't just up 2-0. They've shown to be the better team in this series. I mean, when you have contributions from Wade and Rondo like you did tonight, and you're getting either a Bobby Portis who scored 19 in Game 1 or Paul Zipser, uh, Sean Hikins, main man, who's, who's scoring uh, 16 as he did in Game 2 here tonight. Me, on Nico to a lesser extent. Nico bounced back in a nice way for the Bulls. But on top of what you know you're getting from Jimmy Butler, when you put all those things together, uh, that's where uh, the Bulls are having success. And Sean, you and I have watched this team uh, for a couple of years, but especially this season, they've been so up and down. I'd also argue I think this is some of the best defense they've played all year, especially given the stakes. And you know, even you know Rondo, we've kind of it's it's been sort of a punchline that his defense has been up and down, to put it kindly. He said when he was in Dallas that he hadn't played defense in two years. He's been pretty bad defensively for much of the year. He was up in uh, Isaiah Thomas, like he was he was all like he was locking him down, which. You, you know, you didn't really expect him to be capable of at this point. They didn't really have to put Jimmy on him that much, and nobody else in the Celtics was stepping up. So this is kind of the, the big turning point for the series here, is that the whole, the big question for the Celtics is how do they deal with teams trapping Isaiah on pick and rolls mm-hmm. and forcing him out into the corner? And then, the so like the big solution for the Celtics is supposed to be that now that they have Al Horford out at the top of the key... Thomas can flip it to him, and then Horford can make plays in a four-on-three situation. How do teams beat that? 
but uh, Rondo did it single-handedly tonight. And, you know, we, we have this caveat, obviously, right now with the situation with Isaiah, so we don't, I, don't right. want, I don't want to throw too much on Isaiah's plate because, frankly, he is... He has more important his, things to worry about. He's, and, he's play, and he's playing his butt off. And you know, while he while he is pressing and he's making some careless turnovers, he's being over aggressive at times. He's really playing with. I think he's playing better than just about everybody else on the floor right now. So that's not the issue. The issue is the Celtics cannot rely on consistent offense from anybody right now. And even Al Horford, who I kind of tried to press this on in Game One, he kind of admitted it tonight was that he doesn't have an offensive rhythm right now. And he's the person that they need to be in control offensively for them to be able to make up for what's going on with Isaiah right now. And I also think another point about this matchup is we cannot overstate just how big of an advantage the Bulls have in in rebounding, but really just because of Robin Lopez. Like, he's just getting every single rebound tonight. Robin Lopez has been a stabilizing force for this Bulls team all year. He's the only, except for the game he got suspended for punching Serge Ibaka, he, was, he, played, he, played every, he played and started every single game for the Bulls this season. He's the only guy who played every game except for the one he was suspended. He, and he started every game. He was the only guy who wasn't taken out of the starting lineup at all. He was never injured. He's just been so solid, and he gets no credit for it. We're seeing this, like, this like I don't want to say championship makeup for the Bulls, but like we're seeing no. like this. We're, no. But we're seeing this, like, Good playoff team makeup for the Bulls, where they have like the three alphas, yep. yeah. but then they have the quiet, dirty work guy that glues it all together. Yeah. And who Robin, used to be Taj Gibson? Yes, and the fact that they were able to trade Taj Gibson, get campaign, who's been amazing in the series, by the way, the way he wore his suit. He played really fantastic. good. He played really good, man. Tonight. <laughs> but you know, towel waving aside. I mean, by the way, none of the three guys that they got back in that trade have played a single minute in this playoff series. I'm still waiting for Isaiah Cannon to have his breakout moment. We'll see. The other MCW, th- MCW almost had it tonight. Oh the other three alphas. The other three alphas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but Robin Lopez Laverne, is a one-man alpha. <laughs> Laverne, Payne, and, and Anthony Morrow. Morrow. Yeah, we need more King Joffrey in the series, and no question about that. But Lopez has been like Lopez has been like the MVP of the series for me, like the unsung MVP. I mean, you know, Jimmy keeps having this like, huge outburst in the third quarter that kind of normalizes for the Bulls. Like every time the Celt- the Celtics made that nice comeback early in the third quarter tonight and then Jimmy just like erased it. Ten just ten point run in like a matter of a few minutes. He did that in game one at the end of the third, early fourth. It's like it's like Jimmy's role right now is just like to come in from down above and just like clean everything up offensively when it needs to happen to restabilize the Bulls like eight point cushion and then defensively really dominate in the fourth quarter. He's done that both games. And we've kind of gotten this uh this pattern that's been established in both of the two games where in the first half Jimmy will kind of sit back, won't take very many shots, let some of the role players get going. Uh game one it was Bobby Portis, this game it was Paul Zipser and Nico Mirich. And then in the second half when the Celtics try to pull a pull even, he just will take over. And they, he's the best player in the series. Nobody in the, in the, on the Celtics can guard him. That's definitely true. There's one There's one thing I've seen in this series. It's that, and even comparing it to what I was seeing Isaiah doing when he was at mm-hmm. 100%, Jimmy Butler is the best player in this series because of his ability to dominate defensively in the fourth quarter and still be a go-to offensive player. The thing that struck uh, me the most, guys, in the first two games, every time the Celtics try to make a run or they try to punch back at the Bulls, the Bulls have had an answer. And they don't allow them to get the momentum back, and they don't allow uh, the the energy from the crowd that has been so high to start both of these two games 
They don't allow that to manifest itself for 48 minutes. I mean, the Bulls have done a very good job of knocking the Celtics back, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. And that is a mindset. That is something that comes from Butler and Wade and Rondo and Lopez, and it's something that I I really, really wasn't expecting from this team in such a pressure-packed situation. It's something that just was not there the whole season. They would, you know, the other team would go on a run and they would just be finished. That, was, that was the case right. so many times this season. <laughs> I want to take a moment. Uh, game th- game three is on Friday. Game four is on Sunday in Chicago. And if you want to buy tickets to those games, you should go to SeatGeek. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time, but it's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to. And none of the other ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app, which I have and I've used, and it makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. Uh, every single ticket on SeatGeek gets a deal score, so you'll know if you're getting a good deal, you're getting a bad deal. You can pick any kind of ticket to fit your budget. You'll get alerts when prices drop. And SeatGeek also shows you the entire price of the ticket up front, so you won't get tricked by hidden fees at checkout. So what we need you guys to do, you can get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase, but what you need to do is you need to go on your phone Download the free SeatGeek app in the App Store. Enter the promo code. Go to settings. Click add a promo code. Enter the promo code LOBULLS, L-O-B-U-L-L-S. And you will get $20 back when you make your first ticket purchase. Again, that's L-O-B-U-L-L-S. Enter that Locked on Bulls code and get $20 back on your first purchase on SeatGeek today. So I've got a stat I want to throw at you guys about this game. Hit me. Fred Hoiberg now has the same number of coaching wins in his NBA career as Brad Stevens. And and you couldn't wait to fire that tweet off. Oh. As soon as that game ended, you were ready with that one. I, oh. uh, Sean, for as much flack as Fred has taken this year. From both of us. From both of us. From, it's not just from both of us. From a vast majority of the Chicago media. Yeah. Uh, Fred deserves credit. He in, does. In this sense, uh, you go back to game one. He, he pulled Miritich in the third. He rode Bobby down the stretch. Zipser, he stuck with him tonight. He allowed him to keep knocking down shots late. I mean, I felt comfortable enough going to Michael Carter Williams when Jaron Grant was struggling. As is, that didn't work out great, but like at least he was willing to try something new. He wasn't so he couldn't take his, it anymore. Right. Uh, he was willing to adjust, and that's something that we've kind of seen Fred struggle with over the course of the season. Is he'll stick with his rotations, and he'll just. You know, adapt, not not you know not adapt to what the situation is. I think he's done a better job. You saw at the beginning of this uh, second half, Tyler Zeller was out there instead of Amir Johnson to start the half, and they made counter adjustments, and it worked. For where Fred is at, I, I'm still not ready to say okay, Fred's a good a uh, good coach, and and he's going to get things rolling to a point where you feel comfortable with him as the long term answer. Uh, but to not give Fred credit and to not give him some of the spotlight that the Bulls have earned, that's just not right. I mean, it's it's not accurate at this point. To your point, uh, when when Fred finally started making up his mind, all right, this is what we're going to do, he stuck to it. And, and he has made some nice adjustments. And uh, the players have started to say, hey, you know what? Fred's doing a pretty good job. And that's what we weren't hearing and really haven't been hearing for two years at this point. Yeah, and Rajon Rondo, after the game, all three of them were at the podium, and he said specifically, and, and this, is, this is kind of a thing Cody and I have talked about this a million times on the show, 
he, we've always kind of had this perception that Rondo was like taking these passive aggressive shots at Fred every time there was a good play call. He would say, "Oh, Mike Wilhelm drew that up," or "Mike Wilhelm did the Coach scouting Mike. report," or, yeah. or "Or Jim Boylan really gets a lot of credit for that defensive scheme that we were running." He would always single out the other assistant coach by name. Tonight he came out and said, "Fred Boyberg has done a hell of a job getting us prepared." And considering where they were at the you know at the end of December, the beginning of January, when Rondo was out of the rotation, it looked like he was never going to play in a Bulls uniform again. For him to be saying publicly, not even prompted, it's not like he was getting asked a question about Fred Hoiberg's coaching. He went out of his way to praise him for what he's been doing. And I mean, that that we've come a long way. It's unbelievable how far this team has come. It, it is crazy. Uh, and I couldn't help but laugh, guys, as I look up on that podium tonight <laughs> and I see Butler, Wade, and Rondo. Three alphas reunited. Uh, three, Not only three alphas, but... Gar is going to see that picture, and he's going to see the press conference, and he's going to see the way that this team is playing, and he's going to say, guys, I knew, I knew we could turn it out like this. I knew that this could happen. And I'm not sure if Gar (laughs) completely believed that, but, uh, you know, Gar's the one who, who tried to put all these things together back in the summer, and right now, and again, it's only two games. Plan's and I think working. We all agree that the Celtics still have another run or two within them and are still uh, absolutely, uh, they have a chance to, to push back in the series. But uh, Gar really has got to love what's going on at the moment because it's those three guys that are setting the tone and everybody else is following. So I can tell you, as we're speaking, Gar is signing a 10-year extension. We all agree on that one. Can you sign uh, a 10-year extension on a deal that's never going to expire anyway? That's true. His, his second <laughs> life is now guaranteed. Um, and just for, for the context of someone that isn't on the Bulls beat, when the Bulls were he, last year of the regular season on March, I want to say 12th or 13th, 12th, yeah. 12th, Miritich was being, or uh, Hoiberg in his pregame presser, was being asked about why Miritich isn't going to be on the active roster, why Rondo is falling out of the rotation. Those guys are being pushed out the door, and it seemed like this was it for Rondo. Miritich's career is going down the tubes. And the way that those two turned around, where we were seeing in the last month of the regular season, Jimmy Butler had like a 1.35 points per possession rating when Dwight, when he was in that lineup without D. Wade. I mean, that some of the best offense in the entire NBA down the stretch there. And for that to carry forward is just incredible. And the, the public perception of Fred Hoiberg is now complete. It's completely shifted, even though it's only two games. I mean, to see the way that the Bulls are coming out there with defensive aggressiveness on the perimeter, to see that Dwayne Wade is playing like he's 33 years old, you know, a young, spry Dwayne Wade. As opposed to who, 35. Who, clo- who closed the game out tonight? He did. He really closed the game out. Yeah. That was like the best I've seen him play all year. Yeah, and he didn't. You don't have to give Nico Murich a lot of credit on the subject of him because uh, he's a guy all season, and we've talked about this a million times on the show. He's a guy who, when he misses a few shots in a row, his confidence is just shot, and he's in his own head, and it takes him a while to get out of a slump. Sometimes he'll have a couple of bad games, and then that'll just spiral and spiral until he's out of the rotation. He was awful in game one. He shot one for nine from the field. Tonight, he, I mean, he didn't have the most efficient game. He shot five for 13, but 13 points, seven rebounds, made three three-pointers. He made positive contributions, and he actually made some pretty good defensive plays, too, which has always been kind of a liability for him. But, you know, he had a couple of blocks. He stayed in front of guys on defense. He didn't get totally crossed up like he did by Al Horford the other night. 
and uh, it, you know he you have to give him a lot of credit. Sean, this is why the Bulls remain so dangerous. This is why when you see what you say happened, dangerous in a good way or a bad way, both. Yes, <laughs> because I, it's the Bulls. Yeah. But when you're getting those contributions from the Miritiches and the Zipsers and Portis. <laughs> And and you know that Jared Grant and Michael Carter Williams haven't not in, in Carter Williams' case he hadn't even really played aside from a few seconds uh, in Game Two, but uh, those guys haven't played well. Felicio, who has had some nice moments throughout the season, he really hasn't played that well. When you start getting these uh, reserves who haven't shown consistency to step up and perform like Nico did tonight, like Sipser, you go, oh. Wow, this team is uh, showing to be more capable than they did at any other point in the year. And Nico, as always, uh, has been the, uh, the the kind of litmus test for uh, how the Bulls are going. Because when he's rolling, it seems like they get going. And when he's not, they're in trouble. Uh, if one or two of those guys in that group can keep going with Jimmy leading the way. And you know what you're getting with Lopez and Wade and and Rondo show up. I'm not saying this series is over by any stretch. What I am telling you is it's almost over. I'm I'm telling you that the Celtics better really show up on Friday uh, and have some answers for what we've been discussing, guys. Because if not, I'm not seeing Boston with a roster full of answers at the moment. If you guys had to guess right now, do you think they're gonna? Do you think the Bulls are gonna hang on and win the series, or are the Celtics gonna come back and take it? If you had to give an answer right now, I said Celtics in seven earlier tonight on my show. So, and I've had I've had tater tots since then. I've had time to think it over, and we had Tasty Burger. Yeah, no Matt, had, no Matt Damon this time. No, we didn't run into Matt Damon the second time with Tasty Burger. But for all the Lockdown Bulls listeners, if you're in. Boston, you have to go to Tasty Burger for a 2 a.m. meal before you record your podcast because we ran into Matt Damon last night. And although we didn't want to come on the podcast, although we should have, you didn't, didn't invite even, him, we, which we, is why he didn't come we're on. We're just assuming he didn't want to yeah. because otherwise he would have just seen us and been like, hey, can I come on your podcast? <laughs> As Matt Damon usually does. But, you know, not even Matt Damon could kick the Celtics into gear right now. They, you know, the thing is, like, just I, we're rewatching the film on this Butler run in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. They put. So, most of the time, Bradley is the one that does the best on Jimmy Butler. Because Jimmy Butler tries to post him up. Because guys, like, want to post up Avery Bradley when he's smaller than them. And he, he has good enough footwork, and he's tough enough, and he's good enough reaction speed that when they try to shoot over him, he gets right in their eye, and they can't do it. But we saw tonight, they tried working Butler off ball, putting him into weird positions on the baseline, where he could kind of just jump up over Avery Bradley and use the airspace to take control. It's like... They have figured out how to scout around every defender the Celtics are throwing at Butler. Jay Crowder has not been fast enough to keep up with them, and that's an issue that is kind of quietly manifesting itself, is Jay Crowder is not really consistently effective for the Celtics right now. Bradley's the closest shot they can get at him, but they still, like Stevens keeps saying, they can only hold Butler in check for so long. He's still going to get to 20 no matter what they do. And then Smart was, like, psyched out of the game by the end of it. Isaiah Thomas was yelling at him to get back on D instead of trying to fight the Bulls. He flipped off somebody in the crowd at one point in the fourth quarter. The Emotionally, like, the Celtics are usually emotionally resilient, and it's completely been flipped on their heads. Obviously, we have a pretty... Good. Pretty, we have pretty, a pretty good idea of why that's happening. The, with the, 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 the perfectly strategy. good reason to have that happen. Yeah, yeah. But 
you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, they have a couple days now where it sounds like they're, uh, some of them at least are going to be going to China Thomas's funeral. We'll see what that ends up doing for them emotionally. They'll have a few days off, or at least a few days before game uh, game three. But like, they need to have like a full like um, like mental recalibration for them to get back to who they are because they have to outwork the Bulls because they don't have a they don't really have a talent advantage over the the Bulls right now with the way that they're playing because. The nine guys in the Bulls rotation are all maximizing their talent right now. Robin Lopez is hitting 20-footers. Miritich stuck with it tonight. You know, him and Kelly Olenek kind of canceled each other out because Olenek had a really rough start and then kind of got it together towards the end there. But the the Bulls cancel each other out really well with the Celtics talent-wise, and it's really coming down to effort where the Bulls are just miles ahead of them. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh we're going to, Nick and I are both flying back to Chicago tomorrow. Jared, I believe you're going to join tomorrow, us. Tomorrow, we're flying back in like three hours. <laughs> three hours, yeah. it's Exactly three hours. Something, <laughs> something like that, yeah. So uh, I'll be working for another three hours. <laughs> right. So we'll, you know, we'll be back. Cody and I will have some podcasts during the week, you know, once I get back to Chicago and we can get in the same room again. I'm sure both of you guys are going to be on again at some point during the series, but uh in the meantime, you know, follow me on Twitter at Hyken. Follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Friedel. Follow Jared on Twitter at Jared Weiss NBA. Check out his work on CLNS uh, Radio and Celtics Blog. Check out Nick on ESPN. Uh, check out me at The Athletic. Read my work. And uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at Locked On Bulls. Uh, like us on Facebook at Locked On Bulls. Email us if you want to advertise with us. Uh, LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. And remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, TuneIn. Anywhere else you can find podcasts, whatever your favorite app is, make sure you do that. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review, tell your friends to subscribe, check out the other podcasts in the Locked On Podcast Network, check out Locked On Celtics for the Celtics perspective on this series, and we will be back with you guys soon. Thanks for listening.